Hi, you're tuned into the IoT Insider with Dan Cunliffe. I'm Managing Director of Pangea. Um, what you're going to hear in our podcast is the lowdown on all tech opportunities and partnerships you'll need in order to get started and succeed in the Internet of Things market. Um, the podcasts are intended to be short enough for you to enjoy on your commute or when you're driving or traveling to meet someone um, in the market and you maybe want to hear something interesting um, ahead of your meeting. Uh, whether you're a partner already of Pangea uh, or just looking to learn some more about engagement or IoT content, um, please make sure that you subscribe and tune in for our monthly podcast uh, to get all the best information. Um, and I may refer to certain sports uh, from time to time because I'm obviously a avid sports fan. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, our podcast. Delighted to have Dr. Oslan back in the room with us. This time we're talking about uh, the UK network carriers and particularly their race for 5G. So welcome, Dr. Oslan. Thanks for having me, Dan. Perfect. Um, we're going we're gonna to kind of keep this fairly, um, I suppose, conversational because there's several aspects of what people have launched just recently and particularly the kind of race for 5G. Um, maybe take us through a recap of what has been put in the press uh, for the different operators. So the first one in the 5G race was EE. Yep. They launched their services in May. Yep. The second one in the 5G race was Vodafone. And initially they launched in 15 sites. And in the next few months, eight more cities are coming this year. And then finally, the third one is three. They will be launching their services in August. And we will be discussing the auction results later on. They are uh, very interesting. Yeah. Finally, O2, which is the fourth network operator in UK, they are going to launch their services in October this Perfect. year. Perfect. Yeah. So you've basically got EE, Vodafone, 3, and then O2 in that order. Um, one of the things that, uh, and I believe you've obviously written a blog on this as well, you know, basically the 5G myths that we're going to talk about later. But um, is it really 5G? Is it, is it sort of pretend 5G? What do you think? Well, I think initially, mm. if we talk about ultra high speeds, yeah. data rates, then definitely we can call it 5G. Okay. But as 5G has different unique use cases, including low lit, ultra low latency yeah. and high reliability, when we talk about these, then I don't think we, we can call it 5G yeah. yet. Yeah. But I assure you that the vendors and network operators they are working on that and in a couple of years yeah. it should be out there so basically from a speed perspective we're not completely there yet or do you think we are there now well 5g promises a lower end of 100 mbps as yeah. data rates yeah and it can go up to 10 gbps wow. gigabits per second so that is massive yeah. but initially yes you have seen some Test results, people are sharing their snapshots yeah, on yeah. Twitter and LinkedIn. So initially, we have not reached the promised data rates. Yeah. But in a couple of years, yeah. you will see that it goes up to its maximum potential. Perfect. So so just to recap, basically, EE, six major UK cities, Vodafone, 15 major UK cities with eight more to come. Uh, the other two going forward as well. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's talk about who's going to be the best. I mean, it's a bit difficult to give the exact answers, but we can only look at what has been, um, I suppose, done in either the auctions or who's going to be the most capable in terms of coverage, potency, who's likely to take the lead. What do you, what do you reckon? What's your, what's your thoughts? So for this, I think if we discuss the auction results mm -hmm. first, then we can have an idea that who is going to be the best. Yeah. 
So we have 50 megahertz with Vodafone uh -huh. in terms of spectrum. Then three has got 20 megahertz. So initially, if we just think about the auction results. Just then, the auction results, yes. basically what they were given or what they bought, I suppose. Yes. So then we see that, okay, three is not looking good because they just have 20 megahertz. Yeah. Then O2 has 40 megahertz. And finally, EE has 40 megahertz. Yeah. But... At the moment, if you see the auction results one more time, then 3 has recently bought 80 megahertz from UK Broadband. Uh -huh. So now they have 100 megahertz of spectrum. So basically, if you rank them according to the amount of megahertz they have, we'd have 3 with a combined 100 from their acquisition, Vodafone with 50, O2 and EE both on 40 interesting what does that what does that realistically mean at a sort of small cell level or even just at kind of any level what does that realistically mean so the the spectrum that you have mm. as a network operator that actually decides how much data rates you can offer got it so at the moment if you see some um, commercial blogs mm -hmm. uh, you will see that three is saying that they will be able to provide really high data rates, yeah. but for fixed connectivity, not mobile connectivity yet. Yep. So what they want to say or trying to say is that with 100 megahertz of spectrum, they will be able to provide five different or maybe four different pipelines mm -hmm. that are in technically they're termed as uh, carrier aggregation. Uh -huh. So these pipelines are like, for example, we have one pipeline and we have some certain data rate. Just multiply it with five. Got so it. now you have five pipelines simultaneously transmitting data towards user Interesting. Ends. And that is probably their game plan to get there. But one of the things that I think if we go maybe to our, to our kind of next question about what sort of challenges um, do the operators face, I think this is just from, well, what we've looked at and where we, where we get an answer is that people like three more than likely have to rebuild a lot of their network in order to make that um, 100 megahertz count is what we're seeing. Whereas someone like O2 and Vodafone um, have actually announced that they're going to do a kind of rehash of their uh, cornerstone agreement, which was um, a sharing of the masts in order to get uh, coverage quicker and therefore pull their, um, their kind of resources together. So, so, even though you have the most spectrum doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best, right? That's what I kind of can see because there is um, a real focus on a financial aspect here as well. But there's some other challenges, right? There are some other things that we got to consider. Definitely. So um, 5G is mainly going to focus on millimeter waves. Uh -huh. So the difference is that 4G infrastructure is about microwaves. Okay. But we are moving towards millimeter waves. Right. So which means higher frequencies. So higher frequencies means higher penetration losses, signal losses. Yeah. So to overcome that, we need massive and dense deployment of something called small cells. Got it. So it's small cells, you can define them as base stations with really small coverage. Let's say a radius of even 10 meters will be possible. Wow, that's really small. So, yes, because higher frequencies and higher data rates this will lead to signaling losses, Got definitely. It. You cannot avoid that. Interesting. So if I can try and make an analogy, and I think you helped me with this before, but essentially um, the higher the frequencies are going, and I think it's, you know, for those who are interested, up to between 3.2 and 
uh, gigahertz per sec, uh, gigahertz, sorry, in terms of where they're going to go. Imagine for the listeners, imagine we're shooting out shards of glass effectively at very high speeds. If we put anything in front of them, they will shatter. So while we're pumping out theoretical 10 gigabits per second in terms of bandwidth, we're probably only going to see high hundreds, maybe close to one gigabit per second of actual is the way I kind of try and think about it. Because as the shards of glass are being pumped out, they hit buildings, they hit birds, <laughs> they hit everything, right? And just kind of shatter and therefore we're left with what's available afterwards. Would that kind of be fair? Yes, that is actually the best way to put it. Yeah, and then you take it to the next level is small cells need to go everywhere in order to make this reality. So you can think of like New York, for example, as a grid system. You'd probably need one on every corner and def- you can, to make this work. Yes, you will need one in every corner and even you can say one in every office, Wow. every apartment. Interesting. Because you don't want any kind of... Op- because 5G, with its massive potential, has to bear fruit for every single customer, whether residential, commercial, industrial. So wow. you have to ensure that everyone is getting the services yeah. they need or what they have uh, opted out for. Yeah. So massive deployment of small cells will be essential. And we're still talking about um, 5G when the ultra-reliable low latency comes to fruition and the IoT slice comes to fruition. Yes. That's, that's where we're talking about. Yes, definitely. More in the future. So initially what we see right now in UK, it's you can call it enhanced mobile broadband. Yeah. Though with not, still not with the massive potential it has to offer later on. And with the, small, uh, with the massive deployment of small cells, yeah. we will have a massive machine type communication that is related to Internet of Things. Yep. And we will have ultra-reliable, low-latency communication. Got it. Interesting. So you mentioned even into people's homes, even into businesses, having their own small cell to really take advantage of this kind of technology. Um, this starts to really create possibly a bit of uneasiness, but, um, and you wrote a blog about this as well, is that, you know, will it end up replacing um, people's fixed connectivity or even replacing the fixed connectivity offerings from the operators themselves? Um, tell us a little bit about what you think there. So um, one thing that is a very big misunderstanding among end users and even commercial and industrial users is that 5G is going to replace the fixed connectivity, fixed broadband, and Wi-Fi. Well, both these technologies or all three of these technologies go hand in hand. There is no replacing of any services that are out in the market right now. A simple example can be something called Wi-Fi offloading. Mm -hmm. So when networks, they face congestion in terms of lots of users enter the same vicinity of a base station, then providing data services becomes harder for the base station. Yeah, exactly. So what they do is, <clears throat> for the data services, they switch or they hand over those users, yeah. which are uh, resulting in congestion, to Wi-Fi routers. Got it. So data connectivity happens through Wi-Fi, and <clears throat> voice communication happens with the regular base station. So this is Wi-Fi offloading. Okay. So this is a very good example where Wi-Fi and cellular connectivity go hand in hand. Correct. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think Wi-Fi offloading has been around since um, days of 3G, I think, as well, when essentially there was a requirement to um, to effectively help 
the the investments in 3G uh, to take a lot of that traffic away while they were investing to try and grow forward. And I remember it from my days at the cloud. So for you, you feel that actually the operators will benefit from from this because of things like Wi-Fi or floating and possibly other products. What does this actually mean for the businesses? And particularly in Pangea, we have our partners, right, who sell broadband, Ethernet, they sell uh, cloud products that run off the back of that fixed service. Um, from from my perspective, what does this all mean for them right now? If I can maybe start with that answer, if I may, because I feel like very close to the partners. Right now, I think um, 5G is in a very uh, kind of specific coverage, right? We're not talking about wider reaching as what 4G is today. And I feel like we're back in 3G versus 4G world because of the differences. But I think that the coverage has still got a very, very long way to go. Uh, but interestingly, I did a talk at one of our partners' events recently who are probably one of the more dominant Ethernet providers in the market. And again, I think it goes hand in hand. I think it's about that the fixed connectivity cannot um, always be delivered quickly um, due to many reasons, whether it's uh, digging up roads, way leaves, whatever it might be to deliver that fiber experience. If something like 5G is able to accelerate the customer satisfaction, then they should go hand in hand. They should be done together. And from my perspective, it's not about um, treating 5G or even 4G as something that is going to cannibalize business. I think it's about an opportunity to contract customers earlier, but also provide a higher level of satisfaction by connecting quicker because it's easier to deploy, really. Um, I don't know if you've got any comments on kind of what I'm saying there, but if you kind of agree with that. I cannot agree more. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with you. They have to go hand in hand yeah. and there is no replacing. Yes, there will be, you can say that there will be some market shares, ups and downs, yeah. but as you mentioned, that all that, that has always happened. So. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think um, just to kind of wrap it up, I would say we're not trying to give everybody a specific choice on which operator is what. We're trying to lay out the facts. I think one thing we can say, which is one of our own products, is about the probably the best answer is the multi-network offering, right? <laughs> At some point, one some that uses all of them is probably the best way to go. Um, but we'll leave that for another for another podcast or, or, or one of the ones we've done before. Dr. Azam, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks um, for having me, Dan. No problem. And uh, to the listeners, we will be back uh, with another podcast in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you.